And now, your prayer intentions with author Peter and Jimmy. Hello and welcome again to Your Prayer Intentions. I'm very happy to spend the next half hour with you as we pray for Your Prayer Intentions. And I want to start with something incredibly different. You might recall that the favorite show of people, one we broadcast several times, was of a priest in Marytown who I was going to do a short interview with and it turned into 25 minutes. And he talked about God and talked about religion and talked about its unchanging nature and so forth. It's one of the best things I've ever heard in terms of theology. Well, recently, as you know, there's been a big debate in England in, within the Anglican Church concerning same-sex marriage and a rather unfortunate vote on it, which is causing a schism there, or at least the beginnings of schism. Large quantities of Anglican congregations, especially overseas, rejecting what the Archbishop of Canterbury is having to say and re rejecting the vote. And before this took place, there is a deacon in the church, a fairly new deacon, Reverend Calvin Robinson, and he gave a speech at the Oxford Union on the subject. Now, Reverend Robinson is an Anglican, and he had been a commentator before then. He was known as a, cons a secular commentator, although he commentated on religious things, but he studied religion and was ordained as a deacon. And he went before the Oxford Union, very liberal place, but in favor of free speech, which is a blessing because through free speech you find truth, and truth is, if you're looking for God, if you're looking for truth, you're going to find God there. And he gave what I considered the single best defense of marriage, quoting both the Anglican tradition, which he is a part of, and the Catholic tradition, and of course scripture and the like. And I was so impressed with it, I wanted to... Uh, use it or part of it on this week's show and uh so i reached out to the reverend robinson and to quote him word for word please use it as you see fit well i see fit that you hear his speech in its entirety and i would like to play this for you in its entirety so this is the reverend calvin robinson it runs about 12 minutes speaking at the oxford union on the question of whether or not to uh, normalize same-sex marriage in the Anglican Church. So, here it is. May the words from my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be pleasing to you, O Lord. Um, I'm going to say thank you for the warm introduction, but I think instead I'll say thank you for the invitation. That's far more charitable. Um, it's a genuine pleasure to speak here this evening, it really is. I'm happy to be back at the Oxford Union. It wasn't too long ago that I was based here myself. And I'm very happy to be part of an organisation that is still standing up for free speech, still standing up for diversity of thought and opinion, going against uh, the approved narrative of academia in the 21st century. So well done to you all for that. Now, I genuinely struggled with this one. Uh, I've struggled sleeping this week, actually. I've I don't get stage frights. I never get nervous when I go on television. I recently debated at the Cambridge Union and the Durham Union, no problem whatsoever. But this, there's something different about this one. It's been causing me anxiety. So someone kindly sent me Luke chapter 12, verses 11 to 12, saying, And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself and what you should say. 
for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. I know there's something a bit ironic about me coming here with a prepared speech after that, but why do I feel anxiety about this? Well, we are up against the authorities. Three bishops from the established church. That means either I am wrong, and Christians have been teaching incorrectly for the last 2,000 years, or and Jews and Christians for the last four to 6,000 years, or we have church leaders attempting to drag the church into apostasy. Neither way is good. The consequences are severe. This debate is not just happening in this chamber. This debate is happening in real time in the House of Bishops as we speak. There's a growing number of vocal bishops who want to change the church's teaching on marriage. The result being the spiritual neglect of Anglicans up and down this country. Now, I may have trained at the last remaining sound Anglican seminary up the road at St. Stephen's House, but I am a newbie deacon. So perhaps I am, on, I am wrong on this. Let's consult people wiser than myself, starting with the church fathers. St. Thomas Aquinas, in his summer theological, quite clearly identifies matrimony as being between one man and one woman, beneficial for begetting of children and for the good of offspring for both educational and developmental purposes, necessary for the perfection of the community and for the worship of God. St. Paul describes marriage as, therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife and they become one flesh, in which he is mirroring the language of Genesis where God tells man and woman to be fruitful and multiply. Both Aquinas and Paul refer to matrimony as a sacrament, a holy mystery in which one man and one woman are joined together in conjugal union with the potential to be blessed by the grace of God with children, to start a family for the worship of God. People will often argue in this debate, we know more about homosexuality now than we did then. Maybe so. But are we really going to suggest that God knew less then than we know now? For either all of scripture is God-breathed or it isn't. Either we believe Christ or we don't. So let's refer to another source, the Book of Common Prayer. One of the Anglican formularies, an authority of liturgy and catechism in the Anglican Church. The prayer book lists three ordained reasons for matrimony. First, it was ordained for the procreation of children, to be, to be brought up in the fear and nature of the Lord, and to praise his holy name. Second, it was ordained for a remedy against sin and to avoid fornication that such persons as have not the gift of constancy might marry and keep themselves undefiled members of the church's body. And thirdly, it was ordained for the mutual society help and comfort that one ought to have the other, both in prosperity and adversity. If we look wider abroad to the church Catholic, which defines in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, matrimony, the matrimonial convent by which a man and a woman establish between themselves a partnership of the whole life is by the nature ordered toward the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of offspring. This covenant between baptized persons has been raised by Christ the Lord to the dignity of a sacrament. This is referred to as marriage in God's plan. So are we looking to alter the catechism of just the Anglican Church or the Catholic Church too? Should, should they all get with the times? 2,000 years of Christian doctrine cannot be altered at the whim of a few liberal bishops. What is God-ordained cannot be adjusted to suit our new liberal progressive views. Marriage 
is heterosexual and monogamous and should be open to the possibility of children. The Bible backs all of this up. It's very clear throughout on this matter, whether it's nine verses or 32,000 verses, marriage is between one man and one woman for the purposes of procreation. Sex outside of marriage is a sin, and that is the same for heterosexuals as it is for homosexuals, although the Bible is quite clear that same-sex relations are abhorrent. And before some smart Alec starts ask, asking me the question of whether I'm wearing mixed fabrics, there is a difference between the moral laws and ceremonial laws. And Christ did come to fulfill the old laws. Both the issues of marriage and homosexuality, however, are still addressed in the New Testament, in Paul's epistles, but also in the Gospels. Jesus does talk of marriage in Mark and Matthew, both in the context of heterosexual union. So my question to the bishops would be, do we not believe in the authority of scriptures anymore? Can we pick and choose which parts of the gospel we adhere to? The church, after all, is Christ's bride, as we heard earlier. Jesus is described as the bridegroom, so that we may know how he relates to us. Two grooms would be pointless. Christ is already in union with the Father and the Holy Spirit. It's us he's inviting in. Two brides is what we're looking at here. The church is attempting to marry itself and to leave Christ out of the picture. We are directly talking about undermining God's plan as he has revealed it to us. We're replacing his authority with our own. If marriage is no longer between one man and one woman, are we open to the idea of polygamy? We disregard the heterosexual aspect, so why not the monogamous aspect too? If love is love, as we keep hearing, who is to say that three men loving each other is not more love than two men loving each other? Shame, degeneracy. And I'm sure someone in this chamber has echoed the words love is love tonight. And this is not about love being love. This is about marriage, the sacrament of holy matrimony. It is directly connected to love, but it's not the definition of love. Too many people utter those words and confuse the meaning of love. Agape, the biblical context of love, is a divine love. It's a sacrificial love. It's not lustful. People often conflate sex with love. It's very disingenuous. We've heard quite a bit of that. But then, of course... Atheists often pirate the words, God is love, and we've heard that one tonight too, again, without any understanding. Yes, God is love, but he sets the terms, not us. Another one we've heard plenty of is inclusivity. Should the church be more inclusive? Again, it's a play of words. It's, it's virtue signaling. It's to appear good rather than to be good. The church should absolutely be inclusive. Christ spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes, but it is they who went away changed, not Christ. We are fallen, therefore we are all sinners. The church is open to sinners, of course it is, that's the purpose of the church. But it should not be to encourage people to continue to sin. Our duty as clerics is to help lead people to Christ, to lead them away from sin, not to embrace it, not to affirm it. I know many LGB people, I know many LGB people who live lives in Christ, they abstain from sexual gratification to be closer to God, and it's not easy, it really isn't. It's perhaps not fair, but it is right and it is good. And these people are being let down. I've had people crying, saying, I could have got married, but I did what the church taught me was right, and now the church is saying they were wrong all along. I've wasted my life. As Christians, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. The trap that we're falling into in this debate is looking at the church through the eyes of the world, rather than through his kingdom. In the secular world, we already have equality in law. People can enter civil partnerships or even gay marriage outside of the church, and that's their prerogative. However, the faith is inherently discriminatory. God is discriminatory. 
He sets conditions on us entering his heavenly kingdom. It is not a free-for-all. We must turn away from sin, repent, and follow Christ. And I want to specify, it is the sin that is the problem, not the sinner. Every single person is loved by God, and God forgives all of us of our depravity. But we have to turn away from our sins and turn toward him. And it seems the panel opposite me has forgotten to separate the sin from the sinner. One can denounce sin while still welcoming the sinner. So as I wrap up, my message to the proposing side is do not lead us astray. Do not lead people astray. Do not be the wolves in sheep's clothing. Do not be the false teachers that the Bible warns us about. Remember your obligation to defend the faith. Stop teaching about diversity, inclusion, and equality, and get back to teaching about redemption and salvation. This is spiritual neglect. Help people by telling them the truth. Be kind to people by supporting them through those struggles and reminding them that Christ suffers with them. And be compassionate by leading them to Christ when the world tries to lead them away from him. The church is imploding and the faithful masses have stopped turning up on Sundays and we are seeing the most rapid decline of Christianity in this country that we may have ever seen. Do not accelerate it with heresy. You do not have the authority to bless sin. When I hear the Bishop of London on record saying these new prayers will mean priests can bless same-sex relationships, some of which may be sexual in nature, I hear the devil at work. Bishops are promoting the idea of sacramental sodomy. Let them be anathema. Repent. And to the rest of you, I have no doubt that some of you will consider me a bigot or a transphobe or a homophobe, but I am neither of those things, none of those things. I am simply a follower of Christ, a Christian. And we are naturally countercultural. And if so-called liberals were truly diverse and tolerant, they would embrace us just as they embrace everyone else. And the, Not right now, I'm just wrapping up. And the point has been made, but the growing Christophobic attitude around this public debate and the ugly level of, of hypocrisy is that we really see people hold Muslims and people of other faiths to the same expectations that they hold Christians to. Who is calling, except my good friend here, for Islam to embrace gay marriage? Who is calling for the Quran to be updated to modern societal norms? It is the same, mind your language, it is the same patronizing attitude of people Patronize other face while being intolerant towards Christians at the same time. It's a shame, but in the words of St. Athanasius of Alexandria, if the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. Thank you very much. And that was Reverend Calvin Robinson's speech. And I want to say a couple of things about the speech before we get to our prayers, because of course we use up a lot of the show with that speech. In that, something I've said before, when you are a physician... Do you want your doctor to tell you the truth or what you want to hear? Do you want the reality or do you want the non-reality? Do you actually want to solve the problem? Or do you just want someone to feel good about themselves? There was a great line, of, there was a TV series called Cracker. It's a murder mystery show and there was this woman who had been murdering prostitutes. And it all came from an abortion that she had had. She was, had been a devout Catholic and had aborted the last child because of financial issues. And she had gone to the priest, and the priest said, well, I supported you. He says, I didn't need you to support me. I needed you to tell me no. A friend tells a friend reality. A person who loves someone tells them if they are in danger of destroying themselves. It's like the watchman in Ezekiel. You have to think that way. 
It is so important to keep that in mind during a time of Lent. Now let's get to our prayers. Okay, so we have some prayer intentions on the prayer wall. We want to remind you, if you have prayer requests, the prayer wall is the best place to put them. WQPHradio.org slash prayer wall. That is the place to throw your prayer requests. Excellent place for them to be. So our first prayer request from the prayer wall is from a woman who's facing abdominal surgery. And we have a second request on the prayer wall. A woman whose daughter, Dara, has a bad cancer. We have a prayer request for a woman with a difficult pregnancy. A woman who's just returned from work with a pregnancy. Prayer request for a grandmother who has died. Actually, two grandmothers who have died. Two different grandmothers. And a prayer request for an elderly grandmother who is in hospice. So prayer requests. Those are our prayer requests that we have online and also given. And we have our standing prayer requests for Nancy, for Mary Lotz, for Eric, for the intentions of the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia, for all the local parishes and priests. I'd like to add a prayer request for uh, Father Joe, who's been under the weather but still doing his two Masses a day at Lent. Hopefully he's better by the time um, we hear this. And uh, of course for the donors of WQPH who we are so grateful for. And for blessings towards a friend named Zilla whose prospects are improving. And for a friend Jim whose prospects are also improving. So let us begin. We are going to pray the second mystery of light, the visitation. We're going to pray it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second joyful mystery is the visitation. We offer the Lord Jesus the second decade on our visitation on the Holy Mother to the cousin St. Elizabeth and the sanctification of St. John the Baptist. And we ask of thee through this mystery and through the intercession of thy Holy Mother, charity towards our neighbor. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day our daily bread, and give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, for the grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls into heaven, especially those who are in most need of thy mercy. May the grace and mystery of the visitation come down to our souls. Amen. Now for those doing the indulgence calendars, these uh, intentions for the, for the Holy Father's intentions. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now with the hour of death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we pray these things, we pray all things, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I know I said the second uh, mystery of light, I meant the second joyful mystery, obviously, since that's what we prayed. Now, before we get to our final prayers of the show, I want to again thank our Reverend Robinson for giving us permission to use the audio from his uh, Oxford speech. And I want to talk again, and this is a subject I've brought up a lot lately, and it's an important subject in light about courage, about the courage to say the truth aloud. The courage to be, and that's what, and remember what Christ said to his people, speak, you know, he sent them out to proselytize. With One of the reasons why uh, we see the faith in decline in some places is because people have become afraid to express it. And Christ is always, the words of Christ are always to boldly express your faith. May Lent be a time for us to have the courage of the faith we have. And the love of our neighbor, to love them enough to want to share this faith in deeds and in actions. St. Francis is correctly right. You know, preach the gospel always and if necessary use words. But that's not the same as don't use words. Don't be afraid to be a Christian publicly. Because remember, but what Christ says about those who persecute you on his behalf, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For that's how they treated the prophets. Now let's do our closing prayer, and we will do it in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God of mercy, as we reach out to those seeking you, Send forth your Holy Spirit upon this station, this show, all the other shows on this station, and those carrying this show and our listeners to renew us in faith. Enable us to share the good news of the gospel with loving words and caring deeds so that those who have drifted away may be drawn to your church and follow the way of your Son, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the light. We make our prayer through Jesus Christ our Lord, and we pray it as we pray all things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the time I got left, let me remind you again that there are different parishes doing different things for uh, Lent at St. Bernard's. You have the additional uh, day of Masses at 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock on Friday, and the uh, confessions on Tuesday night at Madonna of the Holy Rosary. You have the Adoration, Stations of the Cross, and the 4 o'clock Mass on uh, Friday, followed by the Fish Fry. So take advantage of these. 
Until next week, Peter and Jeremy saying goodbye and God bless you all. On the WQPH 89.3 FM community calendar, a special bit of Lent events at 118 Teresa Street, the old Madonna of the Holy Rosary Church. Of course, they'll still be having the fish fry that they have every year from 4.30 to 7. $12 for a full meal, $5 for either chowder or mac and cheese. But there will also be special religious events at Madonna. It will start Fridays at 9 a.m. to 2.45 p.m. with the Exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. There'll be a Mass at 3 o'clock, followed by the Stations of the Cross at 3.30. And then at 4.30, the meal starts serving. Again, that's all at the Madonna of the Holy Rosary Church, 118 Teresa Street in Fitchburg. Blessed Sacrament, 9 to 2.45, Mass at 3, Stations at 3.30. And then the fish fry from 4.30 to 7, $12 for a full meal, $5 for mac and cheese or chowder. This has been the WQPH 89.3 FM Community Calendar. On the WQPH 89.3 FM Community Calendar, St. Bernard's Parish at St. Camillus, Church and Mechanic Street in Fitchburg is looking for doors for their days of adoration. Adoration is currently Monday after the 8.30 a.m. daily Mass till 7 p.m. and Tuesdays after the 8.30 Mass till 4 p.m. They're also looking for doors on Sundays that'll be running from after the 8 a.m. Mass till after the 6 p.m. Mass on Sundays. If you have an interest in doing adoration on either of those days, or in the Sunday adorations, email us at wqph893 at comcast.net. That's wqph893 at comcast.net, subject line, adoration. This has been the WQPH 89.3 FM Community Calendar. This is Peter and Jemmy, host of Your Prayer Intentions, every Saturday here on 89.3 WQPH Shirley Fitchburg. Do you have a prayer request that you'd like me to pray for, or perhaps the whole community? Well, include that prayer request in an email. Specify if you want it on air or off, and email that prayer request to WQPH893 at Comcast.net. Let me repeat that. It's WQPH893 at Comcast.net, and we will pray for you. If you have an urgent request that you're looking for immediate prayer, Tweet me directly at the Tech Guy blog on Twitter or the Tech Guy blog on Gab. God bless you.